In just a moment, I'm going to have uh, Anthony, if you don't mind coming up here and, and helping me with the scripture reading. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, I'm excited this morning, uh, just about everything that I'm watching, happening, <laughs> everything I'm watching happen in God's kingdom right now. Um, man, I was thinking last night during the senior banquet, thanks, man. I was uh, thinking last night during the senior banquet, I was watching what a lot of our graduates were saying and how Christ-centered what they wrote was and how God-centered I saw what they were saying in, in their writing. Jamie uh, Richter preparing to give her life to mission, going to a mission field. Yesterday, Church for the Homeless gathered under a canopy outside, 175 gathered with a sign that says Church for the Homeless with testimonies and prayers and opportunity and service. I'm watching so many here open up their homes to those that are hurting and those that are in need. I'm watching programs like the Mops. I'm watching a lot of other things. I want to let you know something. The Spirit of God is alive here. And I celebrate him because when the 72 came back to Jesus, do you remember what he said when they were excited about what was happening in ministry? And he said something even beyond that. He said, I know. I was watching Satan fall like lightning from his throne. And I want to let you know with all of the sin that we all wrestle with, all of the shortcomings that we have as people, individuals, and as a body, God's kingdom is alive in this place. And I'm watching him, and I'm watching his kingdom expand in my own life and in my own experience, and I'd be lying to you if I'm not full of joy because of it. I'm watching God's kingdom do work in this city and in this body, and I'm watching lives being handed over to God, and I'd be lying to you if I'm not full of joy because of it. I have a young man and a friend, actually, like Anthony, that stands up and he's willing to stand in front of this body and share God's word, and I'm full of joy because of it. I've asked him to read Psalm 116. It's actually super important to our text this morning. So, Anthony. I love the Lord. I love the Lord, the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangle me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at the rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, I said, I am greatly effective in my dismay. I said, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord? For all the goodness to me. My God, I just want to come before you. And um, I pray, God, that you'd lift up our eyes to the harvest. You'd lift up our eyes to your work and to your spirit and that we'd engage in it. Uh, God, I, I pray that we would not celebrate Meadowlark, but we'd celebrate your kingdom. I, I, I love you, God, uh, because of the way that you're working in I lift up Nikki before you. 
And uh, God, I just ask your blessing over her. I pray, God, that you would embrace her, that you would take her, and that you would lead her on this journey in you that is just going to be overwhelming for her, full of joy. Um, and I pray, God, that you'd bless your word this morning. I pray, God, that you'd cause our minds and our heart to be alert, that we would hear your voice. Um, and that you would transform us and you continue to transform us in our spirit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, I want, before I get into our text, and I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to kind of close out that chapter. But I want to remind you one more time. And first off, I'm so thankful and so appreciative for how many of these forms we received back. A large percentage of the body here has responded. These are involvement forms. And some of you are new. Some of you, this is your first Sunday here. Uh, but these forms, you just pick one up and you look for ways that you might get involved with the body here. Just And there's all kinds of ministries, all kinds of service happening. And you'll be contacted. You get get one of these cards to us. We're going to make sure you're contacted and make sure that uh, you get opportunity to get engaged. Um, Bob came to me and he was, I mean, this man just came to our church and he's just on fire for his ministry to the homeless. And he was like, man, do you think people are going to sign up? You know what we had the most sign-ups for? People want to get engaged in that ministry. People wanted to get involved, and it's been exciting to see what's been happening. So please, put, if you haven't filled out one of these forms, and you have been here forever, and your granddaddy built this church, and we all know what you do here, please give me one of these forms, okay? Because I still want one of your forms. Um, and I'm going to keep doing this for the rest of our time together on this earth. Um <laughs> Um, and uh, when uh, Paul opens up uh, 2 Corinthians 4, I'm going to begin in verse 13 in here in just a second. He's overwhelmed with Psalm 116. This psalm is in his heart. And it's kind of curious. You're kind of curious as to what's going on when you first get into it. But the psalm said, when Anthony came up here and read it, it says, Man, I believed. Therefore, I called out. Therefore, I spoke. Therefore, I said. And I cried out to my God because I believed. And I cried out. And the first thing he says is, Man, God, I am messed up. I'm in trouble. I'm in anguish. I'm hurting. And then he goes on and he says this, all men are liars. Now, what he's saying there, at first I thought he was saying, man, you're, you're just a little bit negative, man, saying all men. No, what he's saying is this, I can't trust anybody but you right now. I lean on you and I lean on you alone and I can't trust man. And in my belief, I've cried out to you and this is what's happening in my life. And for some reason, that psalm in particular arrests Paul's attention in 2 Corinthians 4. And he says this, it's written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And he does something really amazing with that passage and with that, uh, with, with that psalm. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. Uh, the situation in Corinth is this. Um, there are all kinds of ideas. There's all kinds of speakers. There's all kinds of philosophers that have come in to the church. And they're doing a whole lot, not to the extent, but they're doing a whole lot of what's taken place in the United States and in Western religion, where churches are competing with other churches. Hey, come to our church because of the way we dress, the way we don't dress, the way our worship service is. Hey, this speaker's good. Hey, our praise is great. All this. And, 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 and sort of trying to McDonaldize the church. That's... I'm coining that word. It's a good word. 
McDonaldize the church. Hey, man, we're serving billions now and billions and billions and we're making this. And, and, and they've cheapened something sacred to Paul. I don't know if that's ever happened with you, like in your own faith, where you see something that you hold as sacred, that is your life, and you see it cheapened. You know, it's something that you're like, don't do that to something that I hold this precious. And throughout his letter, he's saying this, man, I'm not boasting in myself, but I am saying this, I speak because I walk in Christ. Because his spirit is alive in this ministry and in this work and in me. I speak not because I'm a good speaker. I speak because I'm genuine. This ministry, what it is, is not because we're trying to amass thousands of people to our little group and our little colony so we can boast in ourselves. No. Our boast is in the Lord. And we are authentic before him. And this is what Paul keeps saying. We speak because we believe. And he's what has pushed me. To do this, I, I watched a video, which, man, it's kind of graphic. I couldn't share it with you uh, this morning, but I, I watched a video of an accident that took place just a little over a month ago in Georgia, Russia, um, at the Gudari. I have, I, I butchered that word. The Gudari Resort. A ski lift malfunctioned. And this video just went viral all over the internet. And, uh, man, for a lot of us that are skiers, it made us not want to get on a ski lift, but, the ski lift all of a sudden malfunctioned and chairs started flying backwards with people on them. And I don't mean going backwards. I mean flying backwards. And you see these chairs shooting down the hill and they're going around and they're hitting the, the conveyor at the end and they get mangled. And these chairs are mangling on top of each other. And you know, watching this video, if someone is in that chair, when it comes down, you are dead. You, you, it will it will absolutely mangle you. And they're flying down. And so what you're watching on the video, first off, it's horrifying. It's scary. It's terrifying to watch. But then there's something beautiful happening on the video. And you have two groups of people. And one group of people is flying up the mountain and they're crawling up as fast as they can to get higher and higher so they can call out to people that are flying down, jump. And you just hear people crying out with tears in their eyes, jump. At least I assume that's what the word means because it's in Russian. But they're crying out, jump, jump. And, and you see the people flying off and, and they're falling in the snow. And, this, and then you see another group of people down at the end. And they're trying as best as they can to get close. And if I could just grab your leg, if I could do whatever I can, I'm going to save you. And I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let this happen because I believe I know something you don't know. You are on a path going towards something you can't see and you don't know what you're headed towards. But I see it. I know it. I believe it. And therefore, I speak. Therefore, I'm going to cry out, jump. Therefore, I'm going to raise my voice. And Philemon, Paul writes, I pray that you would be, and this kind of coincides with class this morning. Carrie was talking about this in class. I, I pray that you would be more active in sharing your faith so that you would have a more full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I pray that you would do this, be active in sharing this, so you would have a better understanding of what God is doing in you. And what happens is when we lose sight of the heart of what we're called to be as a body and as believers, a voice crying out in the wilderness like John the Baptist and this kind of thing, jump, 
come to Christ, he's going to say in the next chapter, we are ambassadors for God as though God were making his appeal to us through us. Be reconciled to God. This, this appeal, this cry that is happening in your life. When you lose sight of that, you lose sight of yourself. You lose sight of your own salvation and your own joy and what God is doing in your own experience and in your own life. This is why this is so sacred to Paul. He never lost sight of how personal this was to him as an individual. So because we believe, we speak. He goes on, there's a picture of the mangled um, chairs at, at the bottom of that lift. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Um, man, there's, this, this one is, is super important to me this morning. Um, I think that it's one of the roles of us out there to raise our voice and to bring people to God. And I think it's one of our roles in here, in this body. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, but what? Encourage, uplift, come together and build each other up. Don't allow the body to lose heart. Don't allow your friends to lose heart. Don't lose heart. And he gives you three reasons right here. Because we know that we will be raised from the dead and stand together with you in his presence. Paul came to understand something, and you're going to see it throughout this letter because it becomes a major theme of this letter that I want to develop in my own experience. He says this in 2 Corinthians 2, In Christ we speak before God with sincerity. And again in chapter 12 he says this, We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And in this verse he says, Man, we stand in his presence. He understood his life as being lived in the very presence of God. And a prayer wasn't something that you went and said, okay, I'm going to have prayer time. I'm going to lift up my prayer to God, and now I'm going to go do my life. No, his prayer time was his life. He lived before God and before man, and it was a prayer that you never said amen to. You just constantly and say, God, I live before you. You see how I treat my wife at home. You see the parent that I am to my children. You know who I am when I'm on my computer. You know who I am before my boss. You know how I'm acting in all these situations. And so I don't get to leave the world over here and light a candle and go to my sacred time of holy prayer. My sacred time of holy prayer is this. It's all of this, and I stand and I speak in God's presence. And the people are telling him, man, look at where it's led you, Paul. And you can tell this is the context of the chapter, because he says, they, he says man, we're beat down. We're, 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 they're saying, we're crushed, we're abandoned, we're destroyed. Look at you, you're in prison. Your ministry has amounted to nothing. You can't speak, and you're saying the wrong things. The church isn't, isn't growing it's, it's being shattered because of sin. It's becoming shattered because of persecution. You're in prison and your ministry is a failure. And Paul comes back and he says, man, you are business people. You don't get this. God's spirit is alive and active. And the weaker I am, the stronger he becomes. You lock me in prison where all I can do is pray? You watch what the spirit does when I can't get out there. You watch what the spirit can do. 
And he feels that and he's, he's in love with this idea and it's really where the book is going to be going because he's going to start talking about what God does apart from our weaknesses and especially in our weaknesses. Um, the second reason he gives outside of being because we will stand in the presence of God in the resurrection. Second reason is because his grace is reaching more and more and God is being glorified. Paul did not care whether it was in his glory or outside of his glory. He did not care. What he cared about is that God would be glorified and that that would, be, that would happen. If that meant in his suffering, it really didn't matter. And that's why he said in the verse leading up to this, we're hard pressed on every side but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed. I'm a little confused, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I'm not a destroyed. I know I'm carrying around the death of Christ in my body. I'm dying. I'm losing my life to this. I wonder what a normal life might have looked like. I wonder what it would have liked to be raise a family and have kids, hail Caesar and have a farm. I'm wondering what that might have looked like. But you know what? I lost all that. And praise be to God that I did. Because death is at work in me, but life is at work through me. And at least I found purpose in my life. And finally, he says this, because we are being renewed day by day. And all of us are going through the same thing. Brad talked about it a couple weeks ago. Last week. Um, Man, this body can't do what it used to do. And and I'm only 23. But this body can't do what it used to do. It can't. My shoulder didn't heal. It took over a year to somewhat heal. I can't do these things. And we start, and a lot of us have been through this, and more serious examples than a shoulder injury. We have gone through a lot of suffering. We know what it is, that I'm not what I used to be. Mm. But my spirit today is stronger than it ever was. And God is doing something in our lives, in our spirit, where he's giving us more and more confidence, more and more hope. And I'm beginning to lift up my eyes to the finish line and say, my God, I just want to run. I want to run with endurance. I want to run with power. And I want to make you smile until I hit the end. And you're renewing me and you're giving me the passion and you're giving me the courage and I'm going to do this. And this is what he begins to see and it's what every person on this earth hungers for. About 23% of people under the age of 18 believe life has no purpose. That means, oops, um, 77% or something like that believe life has a purpose. You know how many people believe that they know what that purpose is? A super low percentage, like 20, 25% think they found that purpose. But everybody believes there's a purpose for my life. I know it. I know it. I got to find that. And that's what this gospel is all about. And finally, he says this, because we believe, I'm going to begin in verse 17, our light and momentary troubles. This man has been beaten, shipwrecked, imprisoned, lost his loved ones, watched Christians burned at the stake, watched this kind of stuff, and he says this, because of your light and momentary afflictions. Guess what we're not supposed to say to people that are suffering as counselors? Sorry, it's light, it's momentary. Get over it. It's not what he's saying, but, but look at this. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. All right. So we fix our eyes on 
what is seen, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He's asking us to gather this focus. I want you to look at what you can't see. When Israel marched out to battle, the Ark of the Covenant was just far enough ahead of the armies that they could not see it. It was out of sight. It carried a jar of manna inside of it, and that manna represented God's provision, what he would provide that you could not see. And the armies would march, and that was a symbol of, I will provide, and you can't see it, but I will provide, I will be there, I will be your water in the wilderness, I will be your bread from heaven, I will provide, and you can't see it. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm talking about those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. Again in chapter 10, he says, you're looking only on the surface of things. He's addressing those that are becoming superficial, that are turning their eyes away from what really matters. I love the prayer of Psalm 119.36. How about this for a prayer? If this was just one prayer I could lift up before God in the morning, he says this, my God, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my eyes away from stuff that just doesn't matter. I just got back from Austin. I got, I go, I go to what was my home in Austin and it's changed. I mean, this massive city was built on top of what was a smaller city. And, um, there's a mall that went up while I still lived there called the Domain. The Domain is the super, super wealthy mall. That's where you go to buy things you can't afford. I went there one time because I felt like I had a little extra cash and I wanted to get swimming trunks or something. And the cheapest pair of swimming trunks I found were $300. Those are for, those are for a dude. Those are for a guy. And I'm like, what is this place? Well, I go back this last time and there's a small city built around the domain. And it's super, it feels like you're in Japan or something. It's high tech. It's nice. Everything is, I'm like, what is this place? People are moving. I don't mind saying this, but people are moving so they can be closer to the stuff. That way I don't have to drive to get my stuff. I don't know what they're doing, but it's like stuff is everywhere. Let me have more stuff. Let me build my house next to my stuff. And I was, um, I was driving down the road. Well, man, I got to share this quote with you by G.K. Chesterton. He said this, meaninglessness does not come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. You know how true this is. We've experienced this. This is the truth. You've had enough in your life. I've had so much pleasure. I've, I've, man, if I was hungry, I ate. If I wanted something, I took it. I was privileged. And it made you weary. And it made you hungry because you began to see that this life doesn't fulfill you. There's no amount of anything that this world can provide that would ever fulfill you. And I was just driving down the road because the most nostalgic part of Austin to me is the traffic. I told Taryn the other day, we were talking about what the most nostalgic thing is. I said, well, I got to go to Shady Grove. That's a restaurant I like. And I said, then I got to drive down Mopac. I like Mopac in Austin. It's, uh... But uh, when I was a kid, I guess I was about 17 or 18 years old. God, God spoke to me through a little animal. And I will never forget this moment. Uh, that uh, I was sitting there watching ants just go down, and I said, man, what a meaningless life. 
All you do is move dirt from one place to another. That's your existence, and then you die. And then I saw that freeway, and I was like, wow, God, (laughs) am I depressed. I'm going to go read Ecclesiastes and find encouragement. (laughs) And I just felt God's voice, and he's saying, look at this. I want to speak to you. I want to speak to your spirit. Don't lift up your eyes to what can be seen, to what's right there in front of you. Because disaster ultimately will overwhelm you. Because the idea of fairy tale happy endings are very rare in this world. Most of our families have experienced very much the opposite of that. And we know what sin does, we know what death does, and we know what cancer does, and we know what disease does. And this world is in need of Jesus Christ. And I pray that through this book and through this study and this journey that we're going through together, and man, I praise God, Nicole, that we get to do this with you. I praise God that we, he's given us each other because he needs, he needs us to lift our chins up to look to him and say, God is still on his throne. He is still ruling. His kingdom is still expanding. The spirit is still causing Satan to fall like lightning from his throne. And this journey is nothing but beautiful. And I praise God that he's given us the courage and the belief, the confidence to be able to say that. God, I just want to come before you and I lift up this body and I lift up your word and I pray, God, that we will never boast in ourselves and we won't boast in the church. We won't boast in anything but you and what you're doing in lives. I praise God for what your spirit is doing in us and through us and among us. And I pray, God, that this community in Fort Collins and our families and the homeless and those in need will have no choice but to look at us and say the spirit of God is alive there. And I pray, God, that that won't be something that we celebrate in metal art, but we celebrate in your kingdom in this place, something so much bigger than us. Um, Bless your word as a seed in our hearts this morning, and I pray, God, for individuals that needed this. I pray, Father, that uh, that you would meet them and meet their needs, and they would have the same celebration that the psalmist in Psalm 116 felt, because I believed, I called out, I spoke, and you answered. Uh, Praise you, Father, for hearing us, that we live our lives before you. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and worship our God together.